there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA is officially in the bubble right now. Welcome to all things NBA bubble. I'm Ahmed Fareed, joined by my friends Jack Collinsworth and Corey Robinson. Guys, it looks like, I mean, if you forget all the problems in the world right now, Looks like a ball. You get to hang out at Disney World for like two months, play in the NBA, and you get to go fishing. I mean, this seems like the best time ever. On, on paper, I mean, it really is. On I paper. bet you. Yeah, on paper, some some kids, this is someone's kid's dream to, to yes. go hang out with all the famous NBA players and go ride rides all afternoon and, and get paid millions of dollars to go play basketball. It's actually, on paper, it's quite amazing. Yeah, I think if you're like eight years old, like I think it's like an eight year old. <laughs> if you're like 24 years old with 200 million dollars, it's probably yeah. not your exact dream life, I would think. Although we will look at some pictures because there have already been, I mean, the players haven't even been in the bubble for that long, but they have already had some fun doing many things. And there are Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts already following the bubble life of these NBA players. So, Jack, it almost does look like they're eight and nine years old again. And I think they will be bummed when they have to work and play actual NBA games. Yeah, and I, it's, it's almost like coming out of an offseason is what I think it is at this point. You know what I mean? It's not like you're just restarting two weeks later. This is like an yeah. entire month long and then two month long and three month long and what is about four month long at least by this point of offseason. So I'm really worried about injuries as they try to crank it not only back up into regular season form, but we all understand that NBA playoff basketball is another level of it. They crank it up to a different degree for a longer period of time in these playoff games. Can their bodies hold up with all of that? I I think we're going to figure out very quickly who took the quarantine seriously with regard to staying in shape and who dwindled off a little bit and now is playing from behind. Corey, it's almost like old-time sports. You'd hear this all the time in baseball, right? Spring training they used to get – in shape. It was like there was no off-season program. It was like you just went home, you ate, you drank, you did whatever you do in the off-season, then you come back to play and you get in shape at training camp. They don't have a whole lot of time to actually get back in shape. So it, it will be interesting. And that will be a competitive advantage, I think, Corey, for some teams, the players who took it serious and tried to stay in as good a shape as they could in quarantine. Yeah, the difference between the old school pro sports and now is that, you know, obviously the financial difference, which allows you to become basically uh, an employer you have a whole squad of people around you if you're making as much money as LeBron James you can be sure that you have a chef on staff a personal trainer uh, you know a sports psychologist like you have your own group of people that travel with you to ensure that you can make 30 plus million dollars every year for the next you know for 20 years on average so that's why you have I think so much investment going in so these guys probably I mean they're probably home with their staffs um, working out every day in their home gyms or you know getting if, if any type of workout they can and making sure their body were in peak physical condition. So that's why you see a guy like Zion Williamson coming back and everyone's like, oh my goodness, Zion looks ripped. It's like, yeah, this is this is a big investment. These guys, of course, they, they, they're going to have to have a huge staff to make sure that they come in ready to go. But to that point, LeBron has left his personal chef back in L.A. 
his personal masseuse back in L.A. and his personal security team back in L.A. to try to be one of the guys. That was one of the extended articles I've been reading uh, in mm. prep while I had six-year-olds swimming in my backyard. I, I told Ahmed just a second ago, I woke up, there's six-year-olds, about eight duckling, little duckling six-year-olds just swimming in my backyard. Yeah, so as, they're, as they're swimming well, in my backyard. You didn't even know. You had no idea who they were. Never met them a day in my life. Not a day in my life. Uh, anyway, so he left all of those people back at, uh, in L.A. And he comes. I think the whole point is that he wants to be one of the crew. Like, I, I don't think LeBron wants to be, you know, king suite with the security detail and, and you know, like he's some superhero. I think he's yeah. trying to be one of the guys and there's some value in that. But I think uh, preparation wise, those oh, guys probably, you know, for the past two or three months, you know, they weren't yeah. just like sitting on their couch drinking a beer. They're probably in the best shape of their life because. You have to also, like you have to understand too the psychology of an athlete. I know you guys have been around sports your whole life, so have I and anyone who plays sports at a high level, especially this if this is your identity, um, it's very difficult to be separated from that, in the, especially in the middle of your season um, for an extended amount of time. So I'm sure these guys were itching to get shots up, and since they could, if they didn't have access to a hoop, you can bet that they were just working out all day every day because this. What else do you do? This is your whole life. Yeah. You're an athlete. You're a professional athlete. So what percentage I'm, do you think Corey has like has a, a, a gym in their house or like something where they can actually play basketball? Or is that just the LeBron's, AD's, Kawhi's of the world? Is that the one percent or is that pretty broad with how much money all these guys are making? I think, well, it depends on where you are, you know, like geography wise. But I would imagine that a lot of guys at least have a hoop. I agree. Uh, but it was interesting because yeah. I know some some guys, you know, there were all these like interesting things you saw. Steph Curry's like, I had to go buy a little <laughs> hoop. You said that was a really funny video. And he's just like assembling some like portable hoop for his backyard. So yeah, I'm sure that most guys had something to shoot on. And if they didn't, you, they were like Trey Young and his uh, he had a great um, talk with Maria Taylor where he was sitting on his couch with a ball of socks and he had a, like a waist back. And he, he's just like every day I just get shots up. I shoot hundreds of sock jumpers. Every day for hours. I wonder how that translates onto the uh, onto the court. But so, you know, I agree with you guys that they're not going to come in with uh, beer bellies for the most part. And LeBron with uh, a week without his chefs, not going to gain 20 pounds. But what we have seen from the the bubble so far is that players still are partaking in some things that they may have done outside the bubble. This is J.J. Redick with a shotgun. And... Who's that? It's a challenge. Oh, man. Look at that. This is all from the bubble here. So, I mean, they do take it serious. They they do take (laughs) their their bodies serious, but this is apparently part of the the regimen there. Oh, there's the sound for it. They quarantine (laughs) like us after all, you know? They do. They do. But it will be interesting to see, yeah, exactly which which players have come in and, and... Who's going to be able to hit the ground running from day one? Let's get let's look at a couple of the numbers here, real quick, guys. Um, because it is interesting. Because I think the idea with with everyone is like, if they're in shape, that's one thing. How are they going to play? They haven't played in a while. Is this going to work? Right. That's like the number one question. You've taken a professional sports league, you've shipped them all to one city in America. And you're going to try to protect them from a virus. So this is uh, from one of our recent articles here, guys. It says, of the 322 players tested for COVID-19 since arriving on July 7th, two have returned confirmed cases. So that seems good. Um, And then later on, it says, since July 1st, during uh, in-market testing, 19 NBA players 
uh, newly tested positive. So that was outside of the bubble. They tested positive. So they'll have to quarantine. They'll have to test negative uh, before being allowed back inside. So uh, that's really the main question of this whole thing is like, will, will it work? I don't know, Corey. I'm optimistic. I feel like there's a way to do it, partly because I've been covering the Premier League as well. And they're flying all around the country in England. I mean, they're not in a bubble. They're they're going from North London to Manchester all around. And they just went through a week where they tested over 2,000 players and staff. And only one of them tested positive. They have not had a whole lot of positive tests. So and soccer's I physical. think it's possible. Yeah, and it's physical. It's a contact sport, just like basketball will be here too. So uh, Matt, I'm, I just want to ask you a quick question on that before yeah. we move on. Are they quarantining away from the facility, the players? You know, that's mandatory? a Yeah, that's a – you know what? I'm not totally sure exactly what they do when they leave the facility, and I don't think they're keeping them all, all together. I think they're going back home, um, and they're just taking these tests biweekly, two times a week. All the players, all the staff are taking tests, and if they test positive, they're, they're away from the team in quarantine. So, yeah, yeah. you're right, and, and they're traveling, and it's – They've been able to do it. Now, England hasn't necessarily handled the virus any better than we have, maybe a little bit better. Um, so I don't know. I, what do you think, Corey? I'm, I'm kind of optimistic that this can work, even if even if it seems like a, like a Hail Mary. No, I, th- I think, once again, I have the utmost confidence in the NBA and Commissioner Adam Silver. So I think out of any of the leagues, I'm my money's on them. And not only that, but they've been able to see multiple tournament, tournament formats ahead of them. They've had the luxury of being able to see the NWSL in the MLS tournament. Uh, they've been able to watch the Premier League. And you know, I mean, basketball is such an international game. And they're always on the forefront of technology. Like, they even are looking at virtual grandstands from a Danish soccer league. You know what I'm saying? So you know that they're in conversations with the Premier League, with all these people around the world to see yeah. how they're doing it. But I, I'm just kind of drawn back to this old saying um, that, that I'm aware of that says, basically... Um, you don't build a highway, you don't design a highway for expert drivers, right? You, you design a highway for average or bad drivers. And I think that's how the NBA has built this bubble, right? They understand that inevitably there will be mistakes made. There will be people who blatantly break the rules, or there might be people who follow all the rules, but still test positive. In all, like, since you're going to get tests, since you're going to probably have crashes on the highway, Let's actually build a, a plan that forces most people to obey the rules or at least made it, uh, minimize and mitigate those mistakes. So I think that mm-hmm. they've been able to do that fairly well. And I, and I think they're going to actually do a great job going forward. Yeah, yeah Jack, I, I think they have the easiest of all the leagues. This is this to me is the most likely to work. I mean, they're creating a true bubble with no travel. That's in and of its you know simplest premise. That is the best one that I've heard so far from a safety standpoint. Now, now you get to how do you make this thing work from a game standpoint? And that's going to be the biggest question when we when we really get it popping is, okay, so you're going to have all these guys playing full speed playoff basketball, talking trash, and you're going to hear everything. I mean, this is going to be some X-rated trash talk yeah. coming across. How do you combat that without the whole thing sounding like, you know, an X-rated song, steady mobbing, playing on the radio? It's going to be bleeped out every two seconds. You can't do that. It's not, it's not fun to listen to. It's almost like you need that x-ray version and you need that clean version option or you just mute the game or you do fake crowd noise and mute the whole thing yeah. or you do this. This would be my idea. And I just want to get your guys' temperature on this. Having other players that have already been quarantined, that have already gone through the bubble process, 
sit courtside. So you'd have Westbrook sitting courtside watching OKC, for instance, Kawhi watching Toronto courtside, so that all these players could just show up and sit right along the court and, you know, get in their ear and chirp or whatever it is, almost like All-Star Weekend, but knowing that it's competitive playoff basketball so that there's not nobody, there's their peers. And mic them up, although they're going to be cursing as well. And then you got a real problem. It's double X-rated. Now I'm back to my X-rated broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all for it. Hey, you know what? I didn't think I would really like the, uh, the the crowd noise being pumped in. But we've done it for Premier League. And I know the Bundesliga has done it as well. It's kind of like a low murmur. I think that helps um, to get to cover up some of those those uh, curse words that are said on the court. But uh I'm with you. I'm I'm still all about this being an opportunity to do something different and try to see what else uh, what else we can do cool. from a broadcast standpoint, Corey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just read an article about how they're going to mon- how the potentiality you know to monetize this this bubble works and especially gameplay. And the NBA has been trying to monetize audio for some time, but now you're seeing Spotify push really heavily for you know to buy up podcasts and anything in the audio space. Um, and I just read recently that Twitter was testing audio-only tweets. So if you think about that, there might be an opportunity for the NBA to then sell that trash talk you're talking about and say, look, you want to hear, you know, you want to hear this itemized bid or what does LeBron James say after a dunk? Or, you know, what does Kawhi say to the Raptors? You know, like you can actually, you might have an audience for that. Yeah. Oh, you'd have a then, huge audience yeah. for that. Huge. But then you have the problem, but then you always have the problem, right? When you put a camera, when you put it under the microscope, it changes it, right? And sure. so that if you're mic'd up, you're gonna the trash talk as we know it, which we don't know that much of it unless you play in the NBA, will be gone forever. I'm a little skeptical the players would that. be as free, the, would be as free if they knew they were being recorded. Well, the Ready famous Miller. phrase, the famous phrase from Hard Knocks, which is exactly what we're talking about here is that about the first 48 hours, guys are a little skeptical and a little careful, and then they go about their business and they get comfortable. Yeah. They forget that the mic is on. At some point, they're out there competing for their livelihoods with everything on the line in the world watching. Somewhere along the line, you just start being yourself. That's, and you, you got to think about like Reggie Miller and Spike Lee. That's at the Garden. You know, a million cameras and yeah. nothing stopping him. Or Kevin Garnett. Like Trash talk is inherent in the game, and I feel like a lot of guys, people brag about who's a better trash talker. I agree. So I think they I know, know fans yeah. love it. You know what I'm saying? And if fans oh, we love, would it love it and live be for all it, I think, <laughs> I think guys will be more, you know, shoot the NBA already. This is a super progressive league. I, half the guys already yeah. have a podcast where they talk how they talk and they say yep. shit and they say fuck and they say everything else. Bleep that out <laughs> if we have to. But yeah, that's just the reality of the league that we live in. And so yeah. you're, you're like telling them, that, hey, don't say it on the court. They're like, forget it, you. Like, I, don't, I think the players will be the last people that you'd have to convince is my point. Until yeah, and- until one of them says they're seeing ghosts and it ruins them forever. <laughs> and that's all we remember, you know, from now until forever. Well, Sam Darnold's coming back. The players will be on board. He'll be all right. I'm Sam, curious to be see. Fine. There is a, the NBA almost had this rule. It was like a rule for 24 hours or maybe even less where the guys had to come to the games like a total AAU, like in their uniforms. Yeah. Right. And obviously, with the pre-game drip, that really, you know, a lot of that didn't vibe with a lot of players. And I was this article was talking about how guys, especially the young guys, or you look at a guy like Swaggy P, like they are branding themselves as like fashion moguls. Like D Wade had, you know, he did a fashion show in New York one time. Like, and you think about that, Kevin Kevin Willis, he's a former NBA guy who played with my dad in San Antonio. He has his own fashion line. There's a mm-hmm. big crossover, obviously, between athletes and fashion. But it's fascinating to use it as a marketing tool. 
So I wonder if you do monetize the audio and the trash talking, I wonder how many guys would see that as a marketing tool. Because think about Lance Stevenson, that meme of Lance blowing in LeBron's ear. What did that do mm -hmm. for Lance's stock as far as like being a, a household name? I wonder if people really thought about what they could use it for. You might actually see more guys leaning into it, particularly in a crowd, crowdless, fanless environment. Yeah, he built on that brand of the weird guy. He became the weird guy, and now that became a, a worldwide uh, brand for Lance Stevenson. Uh, guys, enough fun. Let me get back to <laughs> COVID. Let's get back to COVID talk. All right. Uh, um, so here, here, this is how it's going to happen for uh, for the, the league here, because they're going to test players. If they do test positive, they have to quarantine. And so I was reading this, too, that you know, how are players going to come back? What if it's a crucial moment in the playoffs and he's a star player and he tests positive again because he has some of those dead virus cells in him? The NBA is already looking into that. I thought this was kind of interesting. They're going to do an antibody test to see if you've built up antibodies for it. And so it's like the, of the amount of things that the NBA, the sports world, like I got into sports, so I didn't have to think of all this stuff, but it's in a, it's going to be such a strange, strange year that uh, we're talking about antibody tests and positive tests. And also, guys, and I think this is worth talking about, is that these these players are, yeah, they're away from their family. They're going to be able to visit their family if they make it through the first round. Um, but some of these players are voluntarily going to leave the bubble and not be able to come back for a couple of weeks. There you have Dennis Schroeder and Gordon Hayward and Mike Conley, all with pregnant wives, and mm. they're due to give birth during this whole bubble time. So, and, and I give them a lot of credit and I hope this doesn't turn into a thing where they're like, oh, I'm, you're turning your back on your, your team. And because we've said it all along, what's most important, health and family, family and health. Those are the most important things and more important than the NBA and trying to win an NBA title. So I hope that we're uh, all mature enough and I'm glad to see these players wanting to, to leave the bubble and spend time with their wives here. And, yeah, I, and I just want family in a billion dollar industry. And I, with regard to the order of which we've, you know, taken those into consideration, I think that's very debatable. I'm a what huge do you mean? fan what do you of, mean? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jack. Jack. I mean, you, you listed off what have been the most important things. I said health, safety, and a billion-dollar industry. Now, the order in which we have been considering the importance of those three things is highly debatable. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. The fact that we're that we're playing and we're trudging on, and I've heard a lot of people, and I think fans are in the same boat here, right? It's you want to embrace it like you've always embraced any sports season, NBA season. You just want to be totally invested in it. But there's this little thing in the back of your mind that's like, uh, it just doesn't feel the same. Like 2020 is not going to feel the same no matter how much we wish it did. There's a trust factor here. I mean, you have to trust that these guys aren't going to break this quarantine. I mean, so if you're, if you're, let's say you're Chris Paul and you were going to be a perfect quarantiner and do nothing wrong the whole time, which you would assume given his position, he would. Okay, well, what if five younger guys go out and have, you know, five girls come into the bubble? One of those girls brings COVID-19 into the bubble, and now you have an outbreak of 30 guys. There's there's a trust factor involved here, and that's where you get to the snitching hotline. And I heard Shaq say earlier today, snitches get stitches. And so there's going to obviously also be that attitude going on so that you mm -hmm. don't snitch on anybody. And so yeah. that's where you may end up with fist fights on the Disney parking lot if this goes too far. <laughs> Yeah, the, the thing already, and Corey, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. They've already received multiple tips, and I do think, yeah, it's like that's not the culture. You don't want to, like, call out people. But if you realize that one person making a bad decision 
could shut down the whole thing. Or if you got 10 people making bad decisions, like the whole thing is gone and millions and billions of dollars gone. Um, you're going to be more apt to call out your teammates, especially if you can do it anonymously, I think. Yeah. And once again, this is a brotherhood. The NBA is a, is a family. And think about what happened, you know, earlier this year with Carl Anthony Towns' mother. Like that's one of your brothers who lost a family member to this. This isn't a, a joke. And you got Mike Conley, like you said, Dennis, like there are players who have families who are pregnant or they are at risk. Like this is something that you would not mess around with. I don't, I don't yeah. think. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. But um, Corey, I was reading something where players, Nate McMillan, head coach of the Pacers, been involved with USA basketball in the past. For some of the players that have been in the Olympics or been with USA basketball, traveled around the world, it's actually is not that different. This is a this is more normal to them because they've kind of been in the situation where they've been in a hotel, haven't really gone out in the city and traveled that much. And so we, we're saying it's like this totally weird thing, Corey. For some people, it's not. I would argue that for a lot of athletes, this is a general, I think this is my personal opinion. When I've been all over the country playing football, but I've only seen hotel rooms, right? Because you get bused to practice back, you go to the hotel room, you have your meals at the hotel room, you can't leave the hotel, you play the game, you go home, right? Granted, that's not for three months. <laughs> it's for four days or three days yeah. or two days. I understand that. The length of time probably is unprecedented. But for the, for the most part, I'm sure these guys are used to being in hotels and not being able to leave. Or if you do leave, you're probably not going to go very far because you're playing a game. You don't want to tie yourself out or become dehydrated doing, you know, like. Come on now, man. You tell me these guys aren't going out when they get to a different city? Hey, I can tell you a couple stories after the episode here, Corey. Not that you need to hear them. I'm sure you know no, Jack, them well. You, Jack, you've already sworn twice on this episode. You can tell any story you want. <laughs> off yeah, the rails. No, I can't. All I'm saying is this, Jack. And once yeah. again, I, I, I was obviously I was a goody two shoes at Notre Dame. You could only imagine, right? Uh, but you you know that. But the thing, the, the fact of the matter is that, I mean, I understand that when you're a pros, you have a little bit more leeway. But generally, people don't seem to trust athletes. Generally, like which is why we you know our time is scheduled so rigid, like regimentedly. Like you think about, especially in college, every hour is accounted for. In the pros, it's much less, but there is still a structure. Because, you know, people don't really trust us with a lot of time. So I'd assume that there are probably some sort of mandatory team activities that they have them doing, like fishing as a team. Or we're all going to go on a boat today and, you know, and go fishing. Like I assume that there might be things like that to keep guys occupied so you don't have five girls coming to the bubble or something like that. I just, I just think that your college experience with Notre Dame, who, you know, is, is a very structured program and probably more on the conservative side in a lot of ways – I think there's probably a reason why they didn't have any positive COVID tests. I'm going to guess that they're pretty structured and have the ability to separate and isolate and do all kinds of things extremely. I think the NBA is like, these guys got a ton of freedom, MLB, a ton of freedom. When they get to another city, there ain't nobody telling LeBron he can't go X, Y, or Z. If he shows up for a pregame shoot around on time, he can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, that is just True. the reality. And I think about True. half the team goes out. If it's a Friday, Saturday night, I think half the team's hitting the club or hitting the something. And then I think they're probably home midnight to 2 a.m. range. And I think they're getting up and they're playing basketball and it's not affecting them whatsoever. I mean, think about the Dennis Rodman story from the last dance. They're in the middle of a freaking championship run. This guy takes three day trip to Vegas. That's that's an extreme. I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot in between there. Yeah, so it's also a different culture, but I, I call me old-fashioned. You know, I, I assume if you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game, 
that you'd probably take it seriously. That's just the way I'm old fashioned, think. though. I'm yeah, old fashioned. Yeah. I mean, There's you do hear pressure, man. you do hear about you know Miami and and L.A. being tough places to play on the road for partly the reasons that you outlined right there. So, what are you saying, Jack? Are you saying it's going to be very difficult for these players to actually execute this this plan, stay in the bubble? I think the likelihood that there's not a bubble breach, that there is not – okay, well, I'll say this. The likelihood that there hasn't been a bubble breach so far is very unlikely. The likelihood that there won't be a bubble breach is as close to impossible as I could I could probably physically imagine. I'm going to guess these guys have figured out every little nook and cranny and possibility around this Disney facility and are going to exploit it. At least somebody, at least some small young group, is going to figure out a way to stretch the rules. Wait, but I hope actually, I'm wrong. Jack, quick question though. Think yes. about this for a second. Um, Rashawn Howard, right? He yeah. went had a Postmates delivery that was just yeah. on the edge of campus, gets yeah. hit with 10 days of isolation. That's to get right. food. So I'm, I'm saying the NBA is not playing games. It's not like, you know, that's, that's a pretty strong statement. So I'd be curious to hear your rebuttal. You think the NBA is going to let it slide, or do you think it's the no, policing? Or what, what do you think is going to happen? Of course not. They're not going to let it slide. But listen, they didn't let – when I was back in elementary school, they didn't let you take 20-minute bathroom breaks. And every friend People I ever it. had would go outside and say <laughs> they're going to take a number one, and they'd take a 25-minute bathroom break. By our nature, people like to break rules and stretch rules and have fun yeah. and like whatever they're not allowed to do. People want to figure out where the line is. I mean, that, that is just the nature. And now you you want to tell a 23 year old who has a hundred million dollars what he can't do. He may want to figure out how he can do it. Is all I'm saying. And I'm not saying it's going to be 10 percent of the league, but it may be five or less percent, and that could be enough to hmm. cause some crazy outbreak. I mean, I, that's very far from out of the question, I would say. There's a reason this thing's in Orlando and not Las Vegas. If it was in Las Vegas, the NBA knows they have no chance. And in Orlando, it remains to be seen what kind of a chance they may have. That's a See, I am, I, am, I am more optimistic on humanity than uh, Jack Collinsworth here. Uh, I, I, see, I see the point, but I do think there's going to be immense peer pressure amongst all the players there don't screw this up for us you know I, so i do think there you're going to have that element because when you're outside of the bubble and it's a normal season if you go party and whatever you do at night that's fine as long as it doesn't affect us on the court and you come ready to play like dennis rodman in, in the last dance it was like you go do you come back in a week and then help us and just fine but this is it does affect you. You know, if you do break quarantine and they catch you and you're off the team for two weeks or if you bring coronavirus on the team. So I do think there's going to be significant peer pressure not to screw this up for your I, own and teammates. We're I, do, I, I do, too. I do, too. I'm not arguing against that. But what I'm saying is, OK, there is a ton of pressure on young guys who have, you know, the weight of the world on their shoulder and their routine to get ready for a game may not be what you think their routine is or should be to get ready for a game. They may need to relieve a little pressure before tip-off. And I think a lot of guys relieve a little pressure before tip-off in whatever way they want to do that. And now you're telling them that that's gone, but you still have the same amount of pressure. You have two forces now at this point that are doing this. And what happens from there, God only knows, you know, what we're, we remain, remain to find out. But there's no testing, right? There's no marijuana testing, from what I understand. Right. You, right. That, that, that I believe you can no blow penalty. down. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can blow down. That's allowed in the bubble. 
that may be allowed in the bubble, although we don't know that. So don't. How do we get the marijuana testing? What, what made you think of that? No, because because you said that there are ways the the blow off steam and pressure. So yeah, I, that's I know that guys one. are bringing in. You know, I know guys are bringing in a lot of like video gaming equipment. Like the, all the photos were very evident there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in our article in the Atlantic, the um, Athletic came out talking about like um, marijuana in the bubble and saying that the league suspended. Um, they're, sorry, they're not they're not testing for the duration mm-hmm. of the bubble. And it was talking about the very same points you brought up. Young people under a lot of pressure, they need a, uh, they need a release. So that's kind of where I was thinking, oh, I read that this morning. I, I like that. That's you... a big one. I'm not, I don't want to overlook it. I was just going more on the party sure. side. But listen, I think they both play a big factor here. So I, that's, I'm glad you brought it up. Why do you need marijuana, though, when you can go fishing? Because <laughs> you, fish. <laughs> well, you can smoke marijuana, then go fishing. <laughs> Both at the same time. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this, Corey? Look at that. Gosh, I love Bobon. Bobon. Here's most the problem: you don't know how guys. big that you don't know how big that fish is. You really have yeah. uh, that could be a giant fish. So let me tell you, this guy is seven four. <laughs> so his hands. He used to play for San Antonio. This man's hands is, are the biggest hands I've seen. There's like four hands that I've seen that are like massive, right? Shaq's hands, Scottie Pippen's hands, Kawhi Leonard's hands. Yao Ming's hands and this guy's hands, like so he's fifth on my list. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. So that that fish could be like it could be like a two foot fish. We, we don't even know. We have what, no. Corey, what, what does it take to classify? Because I'm sure that you have seen more big hands to an average person. What does it take to classify <laughs> as like an exceptionally huge hand to make Corey's top five list? I mean, what are we talking about here? So like Chris Sims has his like you know bud and thigh thing. We're the we're the yes. big hand podcast. Yeah, so yeah. the big hands you need to understand. Like my dad's seven one, right? I have large hands. I was a, I was a receiver at Notre That's Dame. That's a big hand. That's a big hand right there. That is an average. That is a normal wine glass that you would get at a normal cocktail party. I was at a cocktail party with Yao Ming, and I just could not believe that he held this little wine glass like a teacup. If his pinky was up, you would think it's afternoon tea. Like it's if the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. If that's you're just a real listening glass. right now to the uh, to the podcast and not watching it on YouTube, I recommend finding a link on YouTube because. So Corey, you're telling me that that is an average, like a normal size. That's a normal. Wine if you glass. so, if you go to so my brother, it's my from my brother's Instagram, David Robinson underscore two. Shout out to David. But if you scroll like two more, you'll see me and David swishing normal wine glasses. You're like, oh, that's a that's a glass of wine. <laughs> and this it look it looks like a toy. And the, and the crazy wow. thing is, like, you know, I'm six five, and I barely go up to his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, you're not a you're not a small man. You tower over me when we're so, uh, when we're together. That's what I'm saying. So Bobon is you know is similar in that regard. And when I say like a large hand, like I said, I have big hands. I met Kawhi Leonard one time, and his, like his middle finger when he shook my hand reached all the way like here, halfway up my arm, like halfway to my elbow. And I you was know, thinking, baseball, your hand yeah. swallowed up my entire arm, and I have big hands. Like, you have massive hands. Baseball pitch- pitchers are the same way, and I think that that helps them spin the ball, curveball, all the different things you can do. I have met some pitchers, same same exact thing. Chris Tillman used to be a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. His finger came up to the middle of my uh, <laughs> forearm. Pedro Martinez, who I've never met before, but and he's not a huge guy, but from what I understand, same thing. Man, that's a, that's the one quality. If you could give a quality to your son to be a professional athlete, giant hands, mm-hmm. like be like five five, but have just massive hands, right? Yeah. I think yeah, even Russell Wilson, I think has big hands for a for a short little dude like him. Yeah, you know um, AP uh, Adrian Peterson, notorious for the hardest handshake in the NFL. 
just tries to rip your hand me. off. That like, does not surprise like me. Casual handshake. He will squeeze with every amount of power in his soul to just let you know that you just met. You just met an absolute champion. I respect the shit out of him. If I'm being honest, I really do. His pinky uh, strength, like his, like I don't even understand his joint strength. Must be so elite. Can you imagine his forearms, dude? Like his forearms <laughs> got to look like calves. Just the Saquon Barkley, but of just forearms. Put in the old vice. Here is so this is all from the uh, NBA Bubble Instagram account. They're on Twitter as well. A lot of great. This is from a person who's clearly inside the bubble, I believe, and is getting some of his own content, but also perusing the player's social media. So here's the breakfast. Look at that breakfast of champions for the bubble. It's all right. Uh, weren't there some complaints about the bubble? Wasn't that a back and forth too, where some oh, people yeah. were complaining about the hotel and then the hero players came back. I forget who it was. Uh, John Morant. It wasn't John Morant. One of them that came back and said, it's fine. We're good. You know? And everyone's like, yes, he's like one of us. Well, they bring them. <laughs> Ahmed, they bring them the food on a like a you know a tray, like a cafeteria tray, like they're in high school, and they bring it to all the rooms individually. But I was listening to JJ Reddick's podcast, and his thing was by the time it gets to your room, it's cold, so oh. all the food's cold, and so then you gotta throw it in the microwave, heat it up, and he's like, "Is the food good? No, it's not good. Like, is it gonna get the job done? Yeah, it's gonna get the job done." If I were the NBA, if I were Silver, if there would have been one cost that would not have spared it would have been in the food department. I mean, I would have had steak, lobster, anything you want. You can think, Just think about this rationally. Any restaurant from Southern California to the tip of New York would bring you whatever food you want, would set up mm -hmm. shop, would cook it up right there, deliver it hot, do, then you probably get back to having too many people. This is never well, but, but think But think about it, though. So I actually was thinking about this, too. I was like, okay, wait a second. I'm like, NBA and food. Has anyone ever heard of like a, like a you know Coach Pop's obsession with food? You know what I'm saying? I feel like this yeah. is a thing that's just part of the NBA. People love food and wine and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think after, from what I understand, after the initial quarantine period, because I was listening to you know Rachel Nichols and I was reading all these different articles about this in preparation, it turns out you can order uh, delivery from the other restaurants on the Orlando campus. So there's a more than steakhouse there. So like I think there are other options once you get past that like I can't leave my room for 36 hours or 7 days or whatever that amount of time is. At least you can get a steak from Morton's. Yeah. Deliver. It, and get if you're an that. NBA if you're an NBA player and I will just recommend do not complain about the food. That is a that is a problem that the rest of America does not does not want to hear about right now. The temperature of your food, do not complain about that or the activities that you're uh, able to do. Here's uh Chris Paul and the Thunder, they're playing uh, some cornhole. Does he have a mask we, over his eyeballs? What's going on there? <laughs> he needed to make it more difficult for him. Maybe he's like a master cornhole player. But you're right. That's a very high math. I <laughs> 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 got the Marion Barber face mask on. The rise of cornhole has been amazing. I've been seeing so much cornhole on, on Instagram. Maybe we should do a pod on that. It's on TV, it's too. Game. I don't think we have it. I think those are our competitors right now over at uh, – ESPN that have a little bit of that, but maybe we got to get, get into the cornhole game. Yeah, <laughs> um, hey, I was going to ask you, Ahmed, do they have golf there? Because they have fishing, and it looks like they can take yep. walks and do stuff like that. Maybe some bike rides. I don't know. I don't want to get crazy. But do they have golf, or what's the status of, of the they golfing? They do. Course? They do. They have golf. Let me get to it. Here's some golf. I don't know who this is. Oh, Dwight Powell, uh, Maxi Kleba, too. Here we go. Checking out the swing. Yeah. That's a good looking rip. 
Nice bad, straight right? left arm. Yeah, good follow through. That's a good swing. Um, so yeah, so they they are giving them some things that within the bubble. You got the boating. I mean, the fishing one is we've seen a ton of. There's this one. Uh, yeah, there's there's fishing. Um, oh, and some golfing too, actually, and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, that's so funny. There's the fish. I'm this telling is you, a, is that, oh, ooh. and here's the testing. Wow, here's the here's the COVID testing that they're doing. Ooh. Have you guys gotten a COVID test yet? I have. Mm-hmm. I have not. Um, no. And what I'm hearing is that they're starting to be able to, you know, the Major League Baseball players, when you see them do it, they're using saliva. That one looked like a saliva test right there in the NBA. And so I'm hoping we're getting to a point where we don't have to stick the swab into our brain, which I feel like mm-hmm. we're getting there. I feel like it's 2020. We should have gotten technology up to that point. But um, but no, I uh I haven't yet. I think that's the key, right? Isn't that the key to making this all work? We got to know who's got it and who doesn't. I think that's the, we've, we've gone this long and acting like, all right, just pretend like you have it and social distance, which I give them credit guys. Cause they're, they're obviously still doing that because they're testing, but you see them in practice, uh, the photographers, they got the mask on. And so, yeah, and I mean, I'm at too. The, the to quality. Oh, also Jack, have you been tested before? Do you know? What yeah, it, I, did. It feels I like? did. Oh, really? Oh, wait, you did. What's the experience like? It's 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 peculiar, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's peculiar. I was more worried about. Um, I was just maybe dumb to say. I don't know. But I've said enough dumb stuff on here today. But when you walk in there, like you, the room that you go into is so small, and I'm thinking everybody that has been showing symptoms or has been around somebody that has had COVID has walked into this same room. And you talk about the airborne element of this. There's definitely some worry, even with the little mask on that. You're going to get it. And then when you actually take the test, you obviously have to take your mask off. You're sitting in the same chair that everybody's been sitting in all day long. And it's just a little, just like a little Q-tip. And it just goes, they just put it in into one nostril and they leave it. I will say it sort of wiggle it around, but it's just in there long enough to where it's one of the most peculiar feelings you've ever had in your life. It's just sort of like just touching everything. You don't want it to touch inside of your nasal cavity. And then you feel like you're going to sneeze like pretty extremely, but then it's done. I mean, I would say the whole thing was probably lasted no more than seven, eight seconds, something like that. And then that was that. And they'd call you five days later. Did you get it, Jack, because you were feeling some symptoms or? No, but for 4th of July, we had like three or four people over and one had been at a wedding the night before and like 19 people tested positive at the wedding, which goes to show how dumb of an idea weddings are right now. And he was one of them. So then I had to go get the test. So there you go. You know, one thing I did was I, um, I just got like, I went to CVS and just bought a thermometer or sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Thermometer. I just, every, um, every day I just take my own temperature. Mm-hmm. Cause I read somewhere yeah. that, you know, obviously it's like the first thing that changes in your, if your body temperature changes, then it, that's like a, a, um, what is it called? An indicator that you're sick. So right. I know the NBA too, they have a, a ring that you can wear that, that tests the, the temperature. That's right. They that's gave it right. to all the players in advance just so they can try to use every, means necessary to you know predict cases yeah where's that picture of the nba ring i just googled nba ring and it uh came up with all the championship rings but yeah (laughs) yeah the the new technology we're gonna have a really good idea (laughs) the championship is a way to use (laughs) not what i wanted um but we're gonna have a real good idea of how to tackle this whole 
coronavirus thing in in 2025 probably way after this whole thing is is over um let me look at oh uh barnes brought this up too our uh, our producer is that if players are looking for something to do to uh buy their time in their hotel room this is the shameless plug portion of the podcast there's the new streaming service called peacock Hey, it just yes. came out today for everyone. It's been, if you're an Xfinity customer, you've had it for a while. Uh, you got the premium version for, uh, it just included in your bill if you're Xfinity. I am not, unfortunately. But um, Peacock is out, guys. And there are several channels that just all of a sudden automatically start playing. And one is the office here. Looks like we got Keeping Up With The Kardashians there. But there are a couple really interesting ones. Um, unsolved mysteries that Barnes says he has been he has been diving headfirst into for a while now. For I guess see the today. joy of painting with Bob Ross. I've been meaning to watch that. There it is. Yes, Twenty One Jump Street. I didn't realize we had the Kardashians. That's a, that's a big deal, man. We're gonna be popping. I know. So and is that you can watch any Kardashian episode at any time, and it's all free, right? Is, is that true? It's, it's it can be. There's a free version. Yeah, the the most basic version is all free. You can get a little bit more if you pay uh, pay some money, but um, but yeah, it is a uh, Peacock is out. So NBA players, oh oh you, oh it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're watching Bob Ross on our pod. All right, I gotta <laughs> I gotta stop it because I don't know if uh, I don't know if we have the rights to to stream that here. So I'm gonna. I'm going to end that. I'm going to end that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get sued by our own company by showing a Peacock on there. So NBA players, if you need some entertainment on your TV, we got Peacock um, out right now. I, I guess just to, to wrap up, guys, I hope it works. I hope the NBA players have fun. I hope they can stay safe. I hope it can provide some entertainment for NBA sports-hungry fans out there. I, I just hope it works. And I, I've got my fingers so. crossed. Maybe, maybe I'm just a... Uh, a hopeless optimist that I think it, it can, but I, I really think, I think there's a way to make this, make this all work. Yeah. I mean, I think about my, my personal experience with uh, playing at like all-star games or going to camps, right. Growing up in high school. And you would, you would assume that the same thing applies. So let's say you have 500 high schoolers who are all the top in what they do, you know, spending a week in Beaverton, Oregon, or spending or a hundred, 200 guys all going to San Antonio for the all-star game or Florida for the Under Armour game. Um, you would think that there'd be a lot more trouble than there is. And I remember when I was playing, we only had, I think, one incident of a guy going out and, and getting in trouble. Um, so for the most part, people behaved because they understood the opportunity at hand. So I think that you can actually trust these guys a little more than we are giving them credit. And then the second, and that's just me, hopefully, saying yeah. maybe, you know, as an athlete, people can trust me. <laughs> but I yeah. give these guys the benefit of the doubt there because they've done it before in the past. And the yeah. second thing is you also add on top of that uh, a global pandemic. Um, this isn't something where like, oh, I just kind of am bored. I want to go, you know, go out to a club or go out to a bar, get a drink, or I just want to, you know, get some food at a restaurant. This is serious stuff and people are dying. I think people understand the risk there. So I think that's an added layer um, onto already like what, what could probably go well yeah. you know, originally. Corey, I think we, we can trust the players more than Jack gives them credit for. Not all of us, more than Jack. Yeah, gives well, them listen. For. Corey's probably the most trustworthy athlete I've ever met in the history of time. The guy's the student body that. president of Notre Dame, and then he's yeah. playing Notre Dame football. I mean, that that's Corey Robinson for you. Yeah. So let's not <laughs> act like that's every athlete in the history of time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To my next point, it's history, right? This is this probably will never happen again, ever, oh. in the history of the NBA. 
So to some degree, yeah, let's knock on some wood on that. But to some degree, there's really something powerful about being a part of history. I mean, these guys for the rest of their lives are going to tell their kids and they're going to tell their grandkids, hopefully their great grandkids, about playing in the 2020 during a pandemic NBA finals. It's going to be historic. And so I think if we make it powerful, and to Corey's point, if we really rally together, I mean, you're never going to have the opportunity to be surrounded by all 30, you know, all the rest of the NBA teams and all the rest of the players where there's not the entourages around. It's just the players. It's like man camp for these guys, like going back to college or something for these guys. Yeah. It's such a unique experience that probably never happens again. I hope we, I hope we capture it and celebrate it. Uh, for what it is, because the world needs that right now. And that you can made, amplify yeah. the social justice, you know, all these initiatives yeah. too, right? So it's like a, it's another added uh, incentive to say we can get our message out. You know, and I didn't even think of this until you said that, Jack. I bet we do see this again. This could almost be a trial for hopefully not. We're not forced into this. It's not because of a global pandemic. But the NBA has talked about in the past of having these midseason tournaments, or you know, who knows, preseason tournaments, first month of the season. Um, they've floated that idea out in the past. And so who knows if this goes well enough, it could be something that we see all teams gather together and play some sort of a tournament for a different trophy. But, um, but I agree, I I agree that, uh, that, you know, we've said this for all the sports, like, are you going to really treat this champion the same as other champions? Like, no, it's completely, completely different, but it will be special. And in a lot of ways, even more special because of what we've all gone through um in 2020 all right oh, guys, yeah. be be good jack make sure those kids are not back in your pool i still can't believe that most surprising <laughs> thing i've heard this week i bet they loved all hour of this podcast they're probably jumping off the diving board right now back they're back jack yeah. Corey, well done uh we'll talk soon see you fellas <laughs>